We're starting a new series today called The Sayings of Jesus, uh, something that's been on my heart for a couple of months, and I uh, just want to share the, the background of that decision with you. In fact, let's do it by looking at some scripture today. We're going to start in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 18, verse 15, and let's, let's read there. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him. Okay, so um, Moses is speaking to the nation of Israel. He's um, with the nation on the, the east side of the Jordan River. They haven't gone into the promised land yet. Moses knows that he won't be going with them. And he's preparing them for everything that they'll need to know. And this is one of the things that he shares with them, um, that there's going to be a prophet raised up for them, like Moses, and they will need to listen to him. Okay, let's go on to verse 18 now. And uh, in this situation, God is actually speaking, and he's saying, I will raise up for them a prophet like you. He's speaking to Moses from among their fellow Israelites. And I will put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I command him. I myself will call to account anyone who does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name. It became real evident to the New Testament um, leaders, to the apostles and others, that these references that Moses spoke of referred to Jesus. In fact, Peter in one of his messages in Acts chapter three, um, as much as says that, he says these, these are the, this is referring to uh, the son of God, to Jesus. And um, so Moses prophetically says, when God raises up Jesus, he's going to put his words in his mouth And you'll need to listen to that. In fact, if you don't, you'll be called to account by God himself. It seems like on the basis of that scripture alone, that we need to very closely and carefully listen to the words of Jesus, to the things that he said. And so we're going to do that in this study. I want to give you one more reference um, that says pretty much the same thing. The setting for it is... um, the mount that we often call the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus was on this mountain with a few of his disciples, and he is transfigured in front of them. That means that he probably took on his heavenly body, and uh, he shone brightly, and there was a cloud that kind of enveloped him, and Moses and Elijah were there with him, and they were talking together. And then a voice comes out of the cloud and says, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. And so God is reinforcing what he said earlier through Moses and to Moses. And he's saying it in the presence of Jesus and in the presence of a few of his disciples who then have reported it to us through his word. This is my son whom I love listen to him. We need to listen to the words of Jesus. And so this series is not going to cover all the words of Jesus. That would take a very long time. 
but we will selectively pick out um, some of the things that Jesus said, some short statements. In fact, today's study will be um, dealing with one of his short statements, the statement, follow me. Um, next week, we'll be dealing with uh, a longer teaching that, that Jesus taught on the subject of worry. And we'll deal with uh, many different topics and different sizes of statements that he made. And all with the, with the hope of um, planting a seed in our hearts of what we can be looking for when we read the words of Jesus and how we can read them and how we can listen effectively to what he said. So I just invite you to join me. Um, I think it's going to be um, a, a wonderful study, very meaningful, and something that I hope will have a, a long-lasting impact on our lives and on the way that we read the words of Jesus from this point on. Well, let's get right into today's study. And today's study is entitled, Follow Me. Follow Me. One of the things that you'll notice if you read the, the Gospels, and particularly, um, well, all of the Gospels, all four, is that one of the first things that Jesus says when he begins his ministry, that is, after his uh, baptism and after the temptation uh, by the devil in the wilderness, when he comes out of that and begins his ministry, this is one of the first things that he says is, follow me. And um, the chronology of the, the New Testament and particularly of the time of Jesus and getting all four Gospels kind of lined up and seeing when things happen um, can be difficult. But we think that probably the first time that Jesus said these words were, was to Philip in John chapter 1, verse 43. And let's, um, let's look at that passage. Uh, the next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Let's give a little more context to that. Um, Jesus has already had contact with um, a couple of John's disciples. We know that one of those was Andrew. And Andrew went and found his brother Simon and brought him to Jesus. And so Jesus had contact with Andrew and Simon. And then Philip, um, after Jesus said, follow me, Philip went and found a friend, Nathaniel. And he brought him to Jesus. And Jesus spoke with Nathaniel and he spoke with Philip. Nathaniel is not mentioned in the lists that we have of the 12 disciples or apostles, but some feel that um, Nathaniel and Bartholomew are the same person, and that very well could be. But at any rate, the first time we, we believe that this is said, it's said to Philip, it's a simple statement, follow me, there's not recorded anything else. Philip seems excited because one of the first things that he does is he goes in and gets Nathaniel and he brings him and, and Jesus engages with Nathaniel. It's, it's a very uh, exciting time. People are discovering who Jesus is and uh, Nathaniel is, is amazed at, at Jesus and Jesus reveals some things about Nathaniel, about his character and uh, 
Nathaniel realizes that uh, this, this person, Jesus, is, um, is of God. And um, so this is the first time that uh, we hear this phrase, follow me. Let's look at the next time. Mark chapter 1, verse 16 and through 20. And there's some parallel passages in both Matthew and Luke. Um, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are considered what we call the synoptic gospels. Uh, very often they uh, relate the same uh, stories and same incidences. And um, in this case, there is a, a companion passage in each of those two books, but not in John. So they've gone to Galilee, and it says, as Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Now, at once, they left their nets and followed him. Let's talk about that for just a bit. We believe that based on um, having read John chapter 1, we believe that Jesus has already had some contact with, with uh, Peter and Andrew, Simon and Andrew. And uh, yet at, at this point, he issues a call. And... Um, you know, you're, you just wonder all these things. I, I wonder in my mind, did was more said than just, you know, come follow me and I will send you out to fish for people. Did he talk about, you know, I'm going to be going here and there and, and you're going to need to plan on this and that and this is how it's going to impact your family. Or did he just issue the words? And um, we don't know for sure. But we know that the thing that, that the gospel writers chose to convey to us were these words. And so we're going to focus on those today. Uh, Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At this point, and in the, uh, the uh, call to Philip, um, it's very simple. There's not a lot of said about a cost or, um, you know, giving up anything. Um, there's the excitement of hearing Jesus' voice and responding to it. Philip evidently did. And uh, in this case, Simon and his brother Andrew did. They heard those words and they followed him. And uh, the extra words at the end and I will send you out to fish for people. He said that to two fishermen. They were fishing at the time. And he's saying, you've been working all your lives fishing for fish. We're going to fish as well, but we're going to be fishing for people. And uh, I can imagine that that statement intrigued them greatly. I can imagine them uh, if they hadn't talked further to Jesus about it that day, I can imagine them laying in their beds that night and wondering what that was all about and imagining and, and being excited and their hearts burning within them, so to speak. Okay, there's another call a little bit later. In fact, maybe quite a bit later, um, we see... Um, 
I'm sorry, I'm, I'm ahead of myself. Let's, let's go to the call of James and John first before we go to the, the one I was thinking of. Okay, so after he calls Simon and Andrew, probably on the same beach, just a little bit away, uh, he sees James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat. Very possibly, John could have been the other disciple that was with Andrew when, um, when uh, Jesus walked by and John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God, and they followed him and spent some time with him. We don't know that for sure, but that's surmised by some people. And so there may have been, again, some previous contact with these two men, or at least with John. So he calls them. And without delay, it says, and without delay, he called them. We don't know the exact words of the call, but in that he used that call with Philip and he used it with, with um, Simon and Andrew. We can assume that he used the same words, follow me. And it says that they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and they followed him. And so here we have five maybe six men that we know of that are following Jesus at this point. I'm thinking of Philip and Nathaniel, um, and then Andrew and, and his brother Peter, Simon, and then James and John. And uh, so there's another call that's coming up, and this one uh, has to do with a man by the name of Levi, also known as Matthew. Mark chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus. And again, Levi, um, Matthew and Levi are the same person. And so um, when you think of Levi, think Matthew. He saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. <laughs> Your mind just um, imagines so many things. I'm thinking, okay, did he, did he leave the money there and get up and go? Did he, did he take the money with him? Um, how did that work? And uh, I don't know all those things. I do know, and... Mark wants to communicate this to us. And so we need to receive the message that, that uh, the writer is sending to us. And by the way, just uh, another little aside about the book of Mark. Uh, most scholars feel that the book of Mark is actually um, the gospel according to Peter. Mark was not one of the disciples, and, uh, but he was close to Peter and many believe that he wrote down the things that Peter said about his uh, relationship with Jesus and the things that he observed in the ministry that was carried on. And so um, you, can, you can often see Peter behind the book of Mark. And so um, when he comes to Levi, he says, follow me. And Levi gets up and follows him. There's a magnetism about Jesus. Um, 
why wouldn't there be? He's God's son. And uh, he's full of the Holy Spirit. Um, he's a man. I, I don't imagine he was, uh, looked much different than any other common Jew of that time. But um, as you probe beyond the outer appearance, you sense in that person, Jesus, you sense something unusual, something of God. And these men sensed that. And they got up. And they followed him. Now, interesting story about Levi is that when he got up and followed Jesus, uh, very soon after, Jesus ends up at his house. And Levi is holding a reception for Jesus with all of his friends. And who are his friends? Tax collectors and sinners. They're with, with Levi in his house. And Jesus and his disciples are criticized by the Pharisees and they're, they're looking on and they're saying, Don't you, doesn't Jesus know that these are sinful people? And uh, Jesus responds and says, who needs a doctor? The people that are well or the people that are sick? And so uh, he, he establishes this pattern of having contact not only with, with good people, but with people who are known not to be good. And uh, he reaches out to them with the gospel. He certainly reaches out to Levi and his friends. Well, those are the simple calls. And at this point, the point is to follow Jesus. Jesus isn't um, handing them a statement of faith and saying, um, you need to sign off on these um, 48 principles that I believe in before you can follow me. He's asking for a simple commitment. And isn't that really the way that it works with most of us? When you believed in Jesus, did you uh, understand fully all the doctrines of the Bible? Did you understand fully grace and, and redemption and atonement and the significance of Christ's death on the cross and his resurrection. I dare say that most of us didn't. But we were, we were drawn by something in the gospel. We were drawn by the same thing that drew Philip, that drew Nathaniel, that drew Peter and Andrew, that drew James and John. Uh, we were drawn by the Holy Spirit. We were drawn by something in Jesus. And we committed our lives to him. We didn't know what that would mean. But we just began to follow him. And uh, we oriented our lives around him rather than the things that we had been ori oriented around before. Were we perfect? No. We made a lot of mistakes. We sinned. But we began a journey with Jesus, and that's how these men began. They didn't know everything that they were signing up for. They just knew that here was a man who was different than any other man that they had ever met. And they were intrigued, and they were drawn, and they, and they, they followed him. Well, as Jesus continued his ministry... Uh, he begins to teach them more about what it means to follow him. Later in, 
in their life together, uh, Jesus sends out the disciples to do ministry. It, it sounds like apart from him. And so he's giving them instructions. And we see those instructions in one place in Matthew chapter 10. And um, as part of those instructions, some of it was simple. It was like, when you go into a village, uh, stay in one house. Don't move around. And um, uh, your needs will be taken care of in that one place. And if a town won't receive you, just leave. Shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. Um, don't engage in um, you know, great debate with people that um, are too... Uh, knowledgeable for you, you know. In other words, just some principles on how to do ministry. But then, after he shares those things, he shares this principle. And he says, anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Now, he didn't, he didn't say that at first. He just said, follow me. If we could go back to that verse 37 for just a minute. And then he adds this phrase, anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Oh, those two statements are, are heavy. Um, I can imagine the disciples sitting there listening to Jesus and, and maybe squirming. Um, they were committed to father and mother. In the Jewish culture especially, that was, that was very important. And uh, committed to their children. And uh, Jesus is saying, you've got to love me more than them. Now there's, there's greater things to weigh. And they're weighing them. Let's go on to the next verse. He also says, Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Now, to us, we don't fully get that because um, we're not used to seeing public executions on crosses like they were. That was something that they were very aware of. The Romans used public execution on a cross to... Um, I guess you could say to fear people into obedience, to scare them into obeying and not to doing anything against the Roman government because it was an awful, brutal, torturous kind of death. And so Jesus is saying, if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to take up a cross. And they, they would have understood it um, in a symbolic way as though um, death were somehow involved. You've got to be willing to die, is what he was saying. And uh, he connects that with this phrase, follow me. So follow me is taking on a different meaning than it did at first. It's not just a warm feeling of, oh, this is a great man. I've never met anybody like this. Oh, there's a cost. Let's look at verse 39. Whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. And so the stakes are greater. Let's read one other passage. Um, I'm going to skip one passage. And let's go to uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 21. 
Jesus encountered a rich man. In fact, the rich man came to him and uh, said, Sir, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he goes on and talks about the commandments that he's kept and all that he's done. And Jesus looked at him as is stated in this verse, verse 21 of Mark 10. He looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and then you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. There's that word again, follow me. Now, this is not a disciple who's been committed to them. It's somebody seeking entrance into his kingdom. He's wanting to know how to get eternal life. Jesus is making it clear that it's not so much that doing things get, gets you e eternal life, but what gets you eternal life is putting Jesus before anything else. When he asked the, the young man or the, the rich man to sell everything he had and give to the poor, uh, he was asking him to give up all that he valued the most. And he was saying, to follow me, you have to put me first. It was the same thing he had said to the, to the disciples. But this time he's saying, in order to have eternal life, you need to have that mindset. Not just be enamored with Jesus as a person, but put him first before anything else in your life. Well, you might ask, um, did this ever let up? This, um, you know, going a step further in what it means to follow Jesus. We've, we've heard at first, just follow me. And then I'm going to make you fishers of men. That sounds exciting. But then it was, you've got to love me more than father, mother, son, or daughter. You've got to take up a cross and follow me. And um, you've got to lose your life for my sake. And to a rich young ruler, he says, um, sell everything you have, then come and follow me. The last thing I'd like you to see is, is um, found in John 21, 18 through 22. This is an important passage because this is after Jesus has gone to the cross He's been killed, he was in the grave, and he's risen from the dead. And now he's with the disciples after he's risen from the dead. And he's talking to Peter, and um, he's talking to him about um, commitment to him and, and what it means to follow him. And verse 18, we'll pick it up. He says, very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. It almost seems that he's implying a cross or at least some kind of incarceration. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Let's wait there for just a minute.
So he's indicated to Peter, and maybe Peter got it, maybe he didn't, that he had some pretty tough times ahead of him. And he's encouraging Peter not to bail. He's saying, you're going to face this, but follow me. Let's go on and read the next verse, verse 20. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and said, Lord, who is going to betray you? That's the apostle John. When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. So the call to follow Jesus is um, exciting. It's, It's an adrenaline rush. It's very sobering. It causes one to make new priorities in their lives. Jesus said to his disciples, you're going to have to put me before father and mother and son and daughter. Um, You're going to have to take a cross up and follow me. And you're going to have to be willing to lose your life. And to the rich young ruler, he's saying, um, you're going to have to sell everything and come follow me. In other words, your priorities, whatever was most important to you before is now second. I'm, I'm the most important. And to Peter, he's saying, here's what's ahead. It's not, it's not pretty, but follow me, Peter. How about for us? I wish I could say that following Jesus was, well, I was going to say, I wish I could say it was all... Um, the adrenaline rush and the excitement. But I really don't wish that because um, the real meaning of following Jesus is not just doing it when it's fun and exciting, but there is a unique fellowship that comes from taking on the sufferings of Christ. There's a... uh, a unique joy when we too get to lay down our lives for him. Um, And so I just invite you to think these things over and ask yourself the question, um, have I started the journey? Have I started to follow Jesus? What stage am I at in the journey? Am I still in the stage of only being willing to uh, kind of be enamored with him? Or have I moved to the stage of uh, putting him before anything else, even taking up a cross daily and following him? Uh, Hard questions, but important questions. Would you pray with me as we close today? Thank you, Lord, for this um, important two words that we've heard from Jesus today, follow me. I pray that 
we would begin the journey if we haven't. And I pray that we would be willing to go through the steps of the journey of following you. Of yes, walking alongside of you and watching all the good that you do, but being willing to put you first above everything else in our lives. Being willing to take up a cross, being willing to die to things, even literally to die for the sake of Christ. Help us, Lord, with those important decisions. We give you praise in Jesus' name.